This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, and this episode of Franchise Today coming to you yet again from the bunker right here in Marietta, Georgia. I'm Stan Friedman, still hunkered down except for obligatory dog walks with my recently adopted puppy. So let's call this week five of the new normal, albeit the temporary new normal, as the ride keeps getting wilder by the day. To gain some perspective on how much things have changed in the last couple of months, I've asked my panelists from the IFA sessions that I moderated just a couple of months ago at the convention to put what they shared regarding big data and marketing into perspective for us since the advent of corona. My wonder was whether what they'd prescribed then would it have been different had this virus hit before convention or if their digital marketing advice would have been the same. So coming up shortly, you'll hear from Christian Pillett. He's the co-CEO of Transitive. Chris Leibyard, Chief Strategist for Revel Point of Sale Systems, and Jason Anderson, President of United Franchise Group's Venture X. I'd also like to thank Dr. John Hayes, the Titus Chair at Palm Beach Atlantic University and Director of the Titus Franchise Center, for spending some time with us last week and sharing perspectives gained from the hundreds of participants that he's hosted with a series of webinars that the Palm Beach Atlantic Titus Center put on regarding COVID and franchising. As more of these resource tools become available from both the Titus Center, the IFA, and anywhere else we find them, we'll keep you posted on all of that right here on Franchise Today. Speaking of resource tools, I thought I was being punked last week when I started receiving emails claiming to come from the White House and inviting me to join a series of conversations regarding the impact COVID was having on the African American community. I ignored the first couple of these messages thinking I was being punked. In fact, as a result, I nearly missed the first of the calls that these invitations were being sent to invite me to. It was said to be coming from a woman whose title was Special Assistant to the President and Director of Strategic Partnerships and African-American outreach at the White House. So thanks to my work on the IFA Diversity Board, I was invited to join these calls and a cadre of thought leaders who were discussing the impact of corona on the African-American community. This esteemed group included John Hope Bryant, the leadership of the 100 Black Men, the National Urban League, the HBCU, an invocation by Ambassador Andrew Young, and the participation of Vice Admiral Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General of the U.S., and Vice President Pence. Wow. Talk about a new normal. That's not my usual circle, but appreciate being invited to this group nonetheless. Okay, so let's take a quick break right here, and when we return, I'll be joined by Christian Pillett, co-CEO of Transitive, in the first of three conversations today, right here on Franchise Today. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Once, maybe twice in a generation, or even a lifetime, some event comes along, possessing the power to shake us to our very core. I'm talking about moments that literally alter our way of life. 9-11 was that singular event for me. Well, that is until the recent invasion of COVID-19. Like then, with each breath and step we take, we wonder whether another shoe's going to drop and if life as we've known it is going to end. Well, as history has taught us, this too shall pass. But in its wake, whatever the new normal brings, we'll likely experience some adjustments to our habits and behaviors, like handshakes out and elbow bumps in. 
One thing that will not change, though, is our sense of community and our focus on relationships at FRM. For more than 10 years, that unshakably has remained at our core. So whenever you finally get released from house arrest and begin preparing for the onslaught of business that will clearly be heading your way, we'll be here for you, as always. And whatever changes the new normal may bring with it, count on us to build and deliver whatever it takes to enable and empower you to manage your franchise relationships. Until then, please stay healthy, be safe, and know that we've got your back. Christian Pillen is a brilliant thought leader in the world of digital marketing and big data. You hear his commercials here weekly on Franchise Today. Today, we brought out the main man himself to talk some about the big data and digital landscape in the world of coronavirus as compared to what he was prescribing on the panel that I moderated just eight weeks ago at IFA. Christian Pillett, welcome back to Franchise Today. Dan, thank you for having me. Listen, a lot's gone on in the last eight or ten weeks. We were at IFA in Orlando just what seems like yesterday. And since then, I guess, you know, the wheels have come off the bus a little and the world's falling apart. Life changed <laughs> really quickly, didn't it? Life definitely changed very quickly. So, Christian, I had the good fortune of moderating a session at the IFA on managing the digital tsunami, which, by the way, you not only participated in as a panelist, but props where props are due, you were instrumental in putting that panel and its content together. And so it's only fitting that I come back to you these eight or nine weeks later after the world has kind of gone into a meltdown and a lot of things have changed. And just ask you in hindsight, is your vision for what we talked about at IFA still 2020? Or are these game-changing times requiring game-changing marketing that would be different than what we prescribed at convention? Good question, Sam. So at convention, we really talked about the use of data and marketing and how data can make marketing more intelligent. And right now, what we're dealing with is it, obviously it's unprecedented. We haven't had a pandemic, and obviously since I've been alive, but I think it was 1912 was really the last one. There have been disruptions, but it, it's been nothing like this. So the majority of the franchise base, probably 60, 70 percent, is in almost shutdown mode. And uh, what we talked about at the convention was just leveraging data to be more intelligent about how you run your business. And I think that story is probably more important than ever. So if you're, uh, a lot of clients we're seeing are coming to us and they're asking us, okay, how is this impacting our marketing? What should we be doing? How should we be pivoting? What are what are the next steps? And what we're seeing is a, a pretty clear shutdown. A lot of our clients are, are completely closed. But what's also an opportunity is just the amount of media that is being consumed online and digitally. And I, I think the biggest opportunity we're seeing right now is the cost per click, cost per impression for advertising is a lot cheaper. So those brands that have any sort of digital marketing budget that goes towards branding every year, they can they can buy their marketing right now at a, almost a 25% discount from what it used to be. And I think that's going to kind of stay in place for at least the next 15, 20 days. We'll see when things reopen, how, how budgets shift. But what we do know is that people are going to lose almost 50% of their marketing budget this year at a minimum. And we think it's more important than ever to spend those budgets more efficiently. And the way to do that is using data. Let's take an example of that closed shutdown brand. What's the first thing they do when they reopen and what do they do before they reopen? What do they need to be doing right now? Yeah, good good question. So brands right now, it, obviously it's a little bit quieter of 
the time brands right now should be spending their time making sure that they have their bases covered. They they should make sure that uh, they're tracking everything efficiently. They should be switching, transitioning programs that maybe they had planned later in the year. I was going to get rid of this vendor. I was going to do this. I think right now is a great time to do those transitions. And almost every vendor is going to give you some sort of economic relief right now if you're willing to make a switch during this time. And in the time of shutdown, it's a great time to get the system set up. In terms of what they should do when they reopen, if you haven't contracted with an agency, and this is creative, it's not even database. If you haven't contacted an agency PR firm that is somewhat creative in nature, very creative in nature, and talk to them about what your reopening strategy should be and talk to them about how you should present your business going forward, that's really important. The face of local business is going to change entirely and making sure that you're presenting your locations, your staff in a very safe manner is, is extremely important. So for those brands that are open and operating, at least if they're food, they've got a takeout or a delivery window, or if they're perhaps essential services, what should they be doing now to make certain that they're capitalizing on the opportunities, albeit restrictive opportunities, but should they be marketing or should they just be playing defense and taking what business is coming their way? Yeah. So again, people are at home and I do think they should be marketing, especially food franchises should be marketing, but they should be marketing more in an awareness way, not in a direct response way. I think that it's the reason TV and radio advertising, even though people don't necessarily love it anymore, it's the reason it's been effective for so long. Getting in front of those consumers and reminding them of your product and reminding them that you're still open is incredibly important and it's cheaper than ever right now. There's so much supply. There's so many people online, so many ads being served, and there's less people paying for those. You can cut your you can cut your cost of doing those brand awareness activities and you can really drive a lot of people to your stores doing those activities. And then something we've been doing for brands is actually pre-selling services for when brands reopen. And those pre-selling of services, it's a way to keep some revenue coming in as most business owners are worried about where the PPP money is and if they'll ever get the EIDL loans. Uh, so, I, so I think that if you can pre-sell anything and keep some revenue coming in the door, that's going to be very important because the government could fund the loans in three, five days. They could fund the loan in 30 to 60 days. And that's something business owners do need to prepare for. So a good idea then would be if you've got gift cards, maybe to do some kind of a special on gift cards and right about now, wouldn't it? Yeah, gift cards and any sort of pre-sold service. I've seen a lot of fitness brands doing creative things with Zoom. I've seen restaurants selling weeks of meals ahead of time. There are a lot of things that brands can be doing that talks more about future subscription revenue than it talks about the revenue that they're used to, which is a more immediate revenue. Christian, just as a futurist point of view, as we get out of this mess and we climb back into whatever the new normal is, through your point of view, through your vision, where do you see things making the biggest change in marketing? What do you think is going to be the big game-changing difference that wasn't there and wasn't even contemplated prior to COVID? That's a good question. I, I actually think I'm not even going to go marketing related here. I think the biggest thing that brands learned right now is that communication has failed in a lot of different places. The way most brands communicate with franchisees and techs or people in the field or through a Facebook group or some intranet. And I think brands are going to evaluate communication solutions and figure out how to more effectively get things to their franchisees, things to the field in real time. And getting those things to the field in real time is going to change the way that franchisees 
huge market. Uh, so, I, so I think it's franchisors are going to look at a better way to communicate with their with their teams and across the entire system. With marketing in general, I think that the world is going to go more digital. It's going to be more awareness, and I think a lot of a lot of the marketing is going to have some sort of cause or purpose behind it, and those are the brands that are going to win. Tremendous insight, Christian, and appreciate it. And we'll be reading those tea leaves and watching as things roll back out and America comes back to firing on all eight cylinders again. And we'll just kind of take a look back in a couple of months and take a look at what you predicted and see where we are. And we'll talk about it again then. What do you think? Perfect. Sounds good, Christian. Appreciate you taking the time to share these insights with us. And we look forward to seeing you out there once we can all get back out there. I, for one, have had enough of solitary confinement. Me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. And thanks for getting me on the show today. Christian Pillard, co-CEO of Transitive. Next up is Chris Leibier, Chief Strategist for Revel Point of Sale Systems. Chris Leibier, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. Glad to be here. Chris, we were together at IFA. Very proud to have you as a panelist, along with Marcus Slater and Christian Pillard and uh, Jason Anderson rounding out the, the panel. Eight weeks ago, we were talking about big data and managing the digital tsunami in a normal world. And eight weeks later, the world has melted down and we've seen things that we've never seen even after 9-11 with the economy just completely screeching to a halt. So a couple of questions. If you were to roll the tape back today, is there anything we talked about on that panel that would have been spoken of differently had this COVID-19 event occurred first? Yes, Dan, great question. Um, you know, the world has changed uh, awfully quickly, uh, literally overnight, and I would make some adjustments. So first of all, what I would say is what COVID is doing actually is speeding up the digital tsunami. So we all all knew that um, more and more uh, ways were coming that consumers wanted to interact with our businesses, but the businesses were taking those things in kind of a little bit at a time, you know, every year making some progress on doing things in new ways. I think COVID is actually going to speed up some of the things that were coming along anyway. And what they speeded up in particular is the actual front end of interacting with consumers. So a lot of our panel was about the back end, about using data for marketing and uh, intelligence and, you know, personalization and all that type of stuff. I think that continues to be and will be important as well. But the front end of the digital tsunami, um, things like online ordering and contactless delivery and those types of topics, voice, those things we did not talk a lot about at the panel, but I would say that their importance has increased significantly overnight with COVID. And, and now you may have to reorder the speed at which you tackle the items on the list for the digital tsunami and, and put a little more priority on the things that are front of house uh, in your franchise or business versus in the back of house. Kind of funny that my big pet peeve with shopping at Publix or Kroger has always been that you make me touch your screen. I got a card that's Wi-Fi or I've got Samsung Pay. I don't have to touch your screen and yet you still make me touch it to put in a password. Amazing that in the last four weeks or three, maybe at most, I've noticed at Publix, we are completely touchless now. No more touching. They've got it all figured out. It took COVID-19 to, got, to do that it. Suddenly that got right? prioritized. <laughs> yeah, suddenly that got prioritized, didn't it? Exactly. It might probably well have been on their agenda already, but boy, I'm sure it sped things up. 
So what are you seeing here, Chris? I mean, you're in the POS world, and I would guess, I'd venture to guess that a large part of your customer base is food or retail. So how much of your universe has shut down completely versus operating marginally? Yeah, it's hard to tell exactly, but rough numbers, interestingly enough, it's an easy way to think about it is a third of the people are temporarily closed. A third of the people are operating at less than full tilt. You know, maybe they're only doing carry out or take out or deliver whatever, some combination of those things. And a third of the people are, are operating either because they're in a maybe a less risky area or because the type of business they're in, like a small scale grocer, their their sales have actually increased, even though mm-hmm. they're operating maybe a little, you know, with a little bit more caution and, you know, with, with some of these front end considerations in mind. So it's it's across the board in terms of some of those changes, but it's it, we hope that this is something that's a period of time, and we've all got to get back to normal with business eventually. And sooner would be would be better than later. And the sooner we can also figure out the accommodations to make, the, the better chance we're going to have to to get this stuff rolling again. And we all know that there will be a new normal, normal as we knew it. I don't and like just like nine eleven, things changed that were temporary, and others changed that were permanent. So. I'm certain here, too, that we're going to see some permanent change. If you were talking to a franchisor today about, and they're say they're completely closed, what are they supposed to be doing? What should they be doing now in preparation for getting back in order? Yeah, so it, it's hard to have the, you know, as good a crystal ball as I would normally like in this situation, just because it's so fresh, right? We're three, four, five weeks in. And I think you got to wait. One thing you have to do, although you want to figure out the future, I, I think even another month or six weeks from now, there'll be more clarity. But what I would start to do and then continue to do for the next four to six weeks is study what's going on out there. Look at your own personal behavior with the, the other businesses you're interacting with. You know, read what read what's coming out in the trade magazines and such. There's an awful lot of seminars and articles going on about how to operate in this environment and, and how you can keep some revenue flowing. And what I would be doing is I would be projecting and say, okay, if it's fall and I use used to run my business this way in February, what do I have to change to operate in the fall in what I project to be the new way things will be? And I would make a checklist and say, you know, many more of my customers are going to want to engage with me in an online way. People are going to want to do pickups from me, uh, and I've never done that before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then how do I have to get there? I might have to make technology changes. I might have to make operational changes. I might have to, to how does that affect my labor and how many people I, I need in my site, my the layout of my store, et cetera. So kind of build a, a new model for how you are going to interact with your consumers and they're going to do their orders and, and then you're going to deliver them goods and start to play that out. And, you know, even the people that are closed now or operating at a shorter staff, this is actually a great time to use that extra time that you might not always have that don't that not healthy to just sit around and panic build a plan to come back better than ever before and make a list prioritize it and start putting those things in place now we're actually by the way as a vendor we realize that people are obviously financially constrained right now so we if somebody needs a 
new technology solution to do the new things that are going to make them successful, but they're limited financially. We're going to help them bridge their way into that by selling them something for you know very little cost now. Maybe they pay us a little more next year to make up for it. But we there there's going to be vendors out there helping you get to where you need to be in ready because we all need to su- succeed together eventually here. So make that list and, and get at it. It won't be perfect. Keep watching what's happening. Maybe adjust it along the way, but you'll get 80% of it right, and, and that'll be enough. But you, you do have to envision a new way of operating at this point. So two things for sure that I know are game changers that we'll never be faced with again. No more handshakes. Handshakes are out and elbow bumps are in. And touch screens, thank you, Publix and Kroger, out. And, you know, waving your card in the air is in. Anything else that you can think of or that you would proffer as an absolute game changer that you just know that if nothing else happens between now and the time we come back, this will be done differently again. What would that fill the blank in be? Yeah, well, I think I think the biggest thing, this is maybe a bit more of a macro thing than your couple of examples, but I think we, listen, we already had people over the last few years doing a lot of online ordering, but it was mostly mm-hmm. millennials going to Uber Eats and ordering Chinese food while they're playing video games. We now have my grandfather ordering his groceries from Kroger online and having them delivered. We have just trained all of society how to operate with their buying experiences in an Amazon-like way. And if you are not part of that economy, you are in trouble. It Even just a month ago, there was only a segment of the economy, a segment of consumers and certain types of shopping that operated that way. Everything now operates that way. And I don't see once everybody's trained up on it, that doesn't mean people aren't going to want to go back and still walk through a store to shop sometimes. It just means that there's going to be, we, we literally have the rate of those types of purchases has gone from like 13% to 40% in a month. And it's never going to go way back down. So if you have not been operating that way, you have got to get into that space quickly or uh, people are going to be shopping in other places and, and you're going to lose business. So to me, that's the, the biggest change that's happened overnight is the acceleration of that to all types of businesses. And two, the last question I had to ask is about third-party delivery, which has always been the bane of the existence of franchisors or food operators who give up all that big data that you and the panel were prescribing so that's much right. at IFA. But it looks to me like third-party is going to be something that's unstoppable at this point. Your thoughts? Well, there will still be a lot of third-party because because just of the, the need for it. But you also have to take control of your own destiny as a merchant. You can have your own online ordering site and you need to be communicating with your loyal customers and have them actually do business with you through your online ordering site. So you have the data, you have the power with them. You're not paying ridiculously high service fees. Take control of that. And the technology is out there to do it. We have it. Other vendors have it. Take control of that. And I can't tell you, we sold thousands of copies of online ordering in the last month to our merchants that didn't have it before. They called and put it in as fast as they could, and they're correct to do that. And we need pretty much everybody to do that. You may still have to make the decision to be cooperative with Uber Eats, but you actually can have your loyal customers ordering things from you directly. That should be your planning. I've had a conversation with Steve Jackson, CEO of Hungry Howie's, and Matt Friedman at Wing Zone. I know these are two concepts that 
that are really making hay while the sun shines for the fact that they do internal staff delivery, no third party. So they are making big bones about how their drivers are trained to change gloves after every delivery and spraying an antibacterial and antiviral and just everything in a safe environment that not to worry whether the food is being delivered to you now by an Uber driver who just dropped somebody off at the airport 20 minutes ago (laughs) and was exposed to who knows what, but in a more controlled and safe environment. So I think those who have viewed delivery, internal delivery as something too expensive to consider, I think they may be taking another look at that. That's right. Don't don't rule that out. And don't rule out, you know, I think a lot of consumers are willing to do their own pickup as well. So a lot of the online ordering can be done with the consumer picking it up. Just curbside pickup, right? That's right. Curbside pickup. I think will become, you know, also very popular. I think a lot of people will be nervous about that delivery driver no matter what, but you you still just need this capability where you don't have to be in a line with a lot of people in the the old format. This is is fascinating, but again, I think in many ways, it's just an acceleration of where we were headed. Chris, I appreciate you giving us an update and thank you again for your participation on the panel at the IFA and let's get you back for a full hour and have a conversation about marketing and in this new normal once the uh, once the plane lands and we see where we are let's get you back in here for a full episode that would be that would be great hopefully we'll we'll know where we're landing soon thank you Dan. appreciate it thank you chris enjoy talking take care let's take another quick break and round things out today with jason anderson president of united franchise groups venture x franchise today we'll be right back but first a word from our sponsors this portion of franchise today is brought to you by zoracle providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball. But there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. And we are back and I'm joined by Venture X President, Jason Anderson. Jason Anderson, welcome back to Franchise Today. How's it going, Stan? What I usually answer is living the dream, but right now I think we all are really living a dream. The world has just kind of gone upside down for the last many weeks. But from all indicators, that's not the case with you or with VentureX. So you guys are really making hay while everybody else is scratching their heads, aren't you? We, we definitely are trying to do that. I wouldn't say it's all kind of butterflies and, and rainbows, but for, for the most part, I agree with the sentiment that it's been somewhat like living in the, the real life version of the Truman Show. I kind of feel like I'm inside of a movie being played about myself right now. So it's uh, I definitely agree with that also, but we've definitely had some, some wins over the last 30 days also. Well, that's good. And I know I was on an early Titus Center 
director for franchising John Hayes webinar about two weeks ago. Seems like a lifetime ago now, but Ray was on that call, Ray Titus, talking about virtual discovery days and kind of making it sound like it was business as usual at United. So, yes, I mean, it's it's something that I would say me being, you know, one of the few people born in the 80s at United Franchise Group didn't really understand that we still did flying people in all the time for discovery days with nine brands and that made for several thousand flights and hotel stays per night. But this really ramped up to the point that we had no choice but to do virtual discovery day tours. And essentially what happened is in the midst of all this pandemic, we nearly quadrupled the amount of discovery days that we did over the last 30 days. That's amazing. Uh, to the point where I think we maxed out where we had 10 on one day, which is the most Ray has ever done. It used to be five or six people would fly in, but we ended up in the middle of the pandemic with nearly 10 on one day. And VentureX specifically, we did more in the last Last 30 days than we did in the first three months of the year as far as discovery days go. Jason, with VentureX being a concept that's all about workspace and people cohabitating and working together, what's the psychology been like behind the impact, if any, on brand through this crisis? Well, I think that's that's one of the the misconceptions probably about co-working spaces, and that's why we kind of consider ourselves what we call a pro-working space. Uh, our locations are anywhere between 15 to to 40,000 square feet, and only about two to 3,500 square feet of that is community space. The rest is actually private offices. So first thing is we were early adopter that we kind of went away from having a lot of the space be community space versus that. So we still have private offices, so people that want to social distance still can with inside their private office. Uh, the second thing is we're also identified as an essential business because our locations deliver mail, right? I've got the acronym wrong every time I've said it, but it's either CMRA or CRMA. And it's pretty much a commercial mail delivery uh, resource center that that's uh, a segment pretty much of the U.S. Postal Service because we have to deliver mail to the location. So while a lot of our locations have cut back on staffing, they may only open up their doors to come deliver mail once or twice a week. Some of them may be once a day. The locations are still open for those members to access their offices the same way if you own your own office right now or you're coming into an office space, your building has to at least provide you the resource. If you wanted to come in, um, you can. So we have, I would be misrepresenting if I said we didn't have any fallout with people leaving our spaces, but holistically, um, we were in a much better space and position than maybe a lot of the food concepts or gyms. I really feel bad for the fitness franchises that essentially have to close down everything and there's nothing they could do. Food concepts, uh, Great Greek did a video on the local news station in Las Vegas, our other brand, and they had one of their best Saturdays ever, delivery and pickup. So the food concepts, my heart really goes out to all the concepts that essentially had to completely shut down and close. And there are a great many of those, and we say prayers for them every day as well and hope that this thing will go away the same way as it found us quickly. But we're into week five now of social separation, and I wanted to reach back out to you today, really, as I have with the other panelists that joined me and uh, as I moderated a session at the IFA on the digital tsunami. And you, Jason, were on that panel. And I've been wondering, just if in hindsight always being 2020, if COVID had happened before we did that panel, would the information that you presented have looked differently? And if so, how so? Well, in, in short, I would say yes. I mean, I, I would definitely think at that point, 
point, it would be one of those things in regards to data and information that if you didn't think it was necessary, then you would be sorely mistaken right now and kind of be looking at hindsight as 2020 that if you didn't have uh, your house in order as far as how you were collecting data, how you were monetizing that and what you were doing with it, you would be in, in for a world of hurt right now because a lot of businesses and companies have come to a screeching halt, meaning all leads, all prospects, revenue, things are just gone. So if you didn't have an existing database or weren't properly tracking and segmenting that of people that you could reach back out to to try to drum up some business, you would essentially be completely dead in the water right now. And I think that's one of the things that has really led to to us being able to have what has been probably one of the most productive 30 days of franchise sales in our four years as a franchisor is leveraging the database and the system and the people and the resources that we already had. So a good number of those discovery days, probably 80% or better, were people in our database from the last four years already. And that's just amazing that you can take times like these and make lemonade out of those lemons that everybody else is puckering up and, and suffering from. And as you said, those brands that are like gymnasiums, health and fitness, restaurants that are forced into closing their dining rooms and their facilities, you guys have found a silver lining and, and you're running with it. And that's just terrific. Jason, what would you tell a franchisor today who is closed and waiting for America to reopen again? What can and what should he be doing right now to further impact positively his digital experience when things get open again? Well, several different things, Dan. I think one of the things, and I believe Ray mentioned it on that, that Titus Center. I've, I've talked to Ray. I just got off an hour-long call with him here, so it may not have been on the, the Titus Center webinar. But one of the things Ray said that, that really stuck with me and I agree with is that we could be setting up right now to do 12 months of business in the last six months of the year. What he means by that is I use the analogy of Chicago in the springtime, right? So I have a lot of friends that live in Chicago and forever they've been trying to get me to attend a football game in the middle of the winter, come see, you know, the Cowboys or somebody pay. I have no desire to go sit outside at a stadium in Chicago in the middle of the winter, right? Or, or really anywhere. But Chicago in the springtime and summertime is almost like a resurgence where people come out of hibernation. And what I think a sentiment is, is that for the businesses that can hang on, kind of make it through these next 60 to 90 days, there's going to be a huge demand. I call it, you know, Amazon Prime Day every day for every one of these businesses that people have been cooped up in their homes. And, um, you know, those that can make it through it are going to be just in hyper consumption mode that could really, really put a shot in the arm for a lot of these businesses. From a franchisor perspective, I think really diving into their database to kind of see the silver lining of it all. For example, I've been a real estate broker for 13 years. I got my license a year before the Great Recession. That led to massive opportunities of me getting into investment properties because there hadn't been deals like that in decades. Well, the same exact sentiment is happening right now. We're lucky and fortunate that we have a database of 22,000 franchise inquiries over the last four years. We sent out a blast saying, look, landlords that did not want to deal with us have reached back out to us and we have some unique opportunities. Several of those prospects reached back out and said, hey, what are the opportunities in my area? We presented them to them three weeks ago, redisclosed them if they weren't disclosed in this year's FDD and several of those deals, three exactly last week, three new franchisees signed on for VentureX last week alone from that blast 30 days ago. That's pretty impressive, my friend. Anything else you would share as a closing thought to those franchisors who can better prepare themselves for the tsunami that they're going to get when America's open for business again? There's going to be a groundswell of people that have left the employment market that are going to find their way 
subject to business ownership. And if those franchisors haven't prepped and done their homework digitally, what are some one or two things that they could be doing now in preparation? Definitely getting up and running with the CRM system if you haven't already and start going back through your inbox, your Outlook, your Gmail, Excel spreadsheets, whatever you have to put that together and start sending positive energy emails. So anything positive about your brand and concept that you can. The other more foundational thing, Stan, I would tell you is as a franchisor, one of the things we did is we got ahead of the curve and we to all of our concepts, uh, Ray Titus approved a 50% deferral for royalties over the next 60 days uh, to be paid back throughout, let's say, the end of the year, which I think was a huge olive branch early on to throw out to the franchisees. I then dedicated most of my team that was previously focused on sales and finding real estate to um, assisting our existing franchisees with everything from actually doing three-way conference calls with their landlords, um, helping them kind of see that, hey, we're going to get back on track, but we need 60, 90 days of breathing room, having video webinars of how to fill out all of the economic development loans and PPP Act and PPP program, the CARES Act, all the acronyms that the government has came out with for the last 60 days. And we brought in all of our vendor partners and asked them what could they do. So we really went into hyperdrive to try to help the franchisees. And by, let's say, March 15th, we had curated a daily email that went every day with the most up-to-date, accurate information and including a Saturday recap. We personally called every franchisee uh, if we had already talked to them just to literally say, is there anything else we could do to help? Um, so we really went into hyper mode to try to provide value to the franchisees in this time of crisis. And if you're a franchisor and you haven't spoken or someone in your team has not spoken with every franchisee and just said, hey, what could we do to help? You're behind the curve. Very valuable and insightful information. Jason, can't thank you enough. And I can't wait to be able to say, see you on the road, my friend, when we start traveling for business once again and see each other at Expos. Absolutely. Thanks, Sam. You too. Thanks. Well, hopefully we're one week closer to this virus peaking and America opening up for business once again. I know you're probably sick of hearing it, but please continue to minimize unnecessary interaction with others and assure that we beat this thing back so hard that it never wants to return. I hope, too, that some of the government's financial relief finds those of you applying sooner than later and that we have more improvement and positive news to share in the weeks ahead. For now, please continue to stay safe and do the best you can. I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.